Welcome back to Sidebar Josen. This is Bree. This is Duffy. And we are going to be having a very serious conversation today. Um, in light of recent events around the topic of abortion, we felt it prudent to jump in and, you know, share some facts, share our own opinions on what's been going on, and how this could relate to mental health and wellness still you know keeping in line with mental health awareness month so sit back relax get real comfortable because we about to get real open and um serious real serious so yeah we joking y'all all right so welcome to today's episode um I am Bree. This is Duffy. And let's check in before we dive into our topic today. So, how are things going, Duff? Things are going pretty well. Um, started my day not feeling that good, but I'm feeling better now. And then, this is like festival season, so I'm doing a whole lot of practicing and performing, which is might be why I'm not feeling well. But, okay, things are good. How are you? I'm doing good. Today is really nice. The weather's really nice. I woke up feeling kind of funky, but um, I've, I've, I'm getting a little better. You know, sometimes you just you wake up feeling off, and also um, like I felt nauseous and stuff. I don't know where that was coming from, but um, yeah, no, I'm I'm chilling today. School stuff is going good. Um, can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Today we are, like we mentioned in the intro, we're covering um, abortion. Mm-hmm. So a lot has been going on. Like there's um, legislation that has uh, been passed and legislation that is in the process of going to um, different branches of the government to be passed related to re- pretty restrictive abortion laws yes um what has annoyed me of course that 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 is annoying to me because i i can consider myself pro-choice i think that there are several reasons why Mm -hmm. you know women get abortions i you know want to talk about like my personal reasons in the episode um i have had an abortion in the past i would like to talk about that but there's just so many reasons that women get abortions, and I think that some of these laws are over simplistic um, and just generalize the population of women who get ab- get abortions and can have serious health ramifications for women, including um, an increase in deaths as a result of illegal abortion. Yes. So that's one thing that's like irking me, but the other thing is that has been irking me is I've been on Facebook and you know I'm not a Facebook fighter but um (laughs) you're the Facebook fighter but like people have just been like really ignorant and and spewing really insensitive comments Mm -hmm. on Facebook about abortion without being really informed which is why like I wanted to talk about abortion right yeah no I was on Twitter earlier today and I saw that um a hashtag had been um, started called you know me uh-huh. and it's women telling their, their stories about their experiences with getting abortions and it just struck a nerve with me because it was it's you know 
it's this really personal, really traumatic sometimes experience that yeah. women go through. And um, to have to plead for your rights as a woman, to plead for your autonomy over your body, to plead for your humanity, for people to know that you didn't just go into this because, oh, hey, I guess I just don't want a baby. You know, or I don't want a yeah. child. Just casually stroll into the office and, you know, go and get that done. Like, that That pains me to, to, to think about that that's what's happening. And um, for, for, I guess, for the sake of transparency, um, I'll just say hashtag you know me. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think that it's important that we talk about this, this, you know, have this conversation and talk about facts, talk about what's currently going on and talk about what kind of mental health care or mental health rather, um, repercussions there can be because I'll, I'll say this as a woman who's had that experience, seeing people talk about or like knowing that there's legislation in place that would have sent me and many people that I know to prison. Yeah. Um it's been very triggering. And so I'll only disclose what I feel comfortable disclosing on here because I'm I'm never I'm 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 not I'm not embarrassed mm-hmm. nor am I ashamed, but I know I'm careful with who I share the details of my story with or even who I shared the fact that that I've had an abortion with in general yeah so um but I'm I'm hopefully this transparency is we're being we're being transparent we're being very open because we're hoping that we encourage somebody because this is very like as I'm talking like I'm I feel like a little regret in having even said anything but somebody's going to listen to this and this will be what they needed to hear. And I hope that, you know, we're going in the right direction with this. I agree. So, um, um, where to start? Let's start with the States. I think it's important. Um, okay. Just, so, in, just in general, like what's, what's been going on? Cause a lot of people are talking about what's happening in Alabama. Yeah. But it's that's, not just that's Alabama. what came across my screen first like what really drew my attention in the last couple of days were were the Alabama was the Alabama bill so like how restrictive is the bill so they have what we are calling a fetal heartbeat bill mm-hmm. that bill is designed to prohibit women from receiving an abortion if a fetal heartbeat has been detected and the science that they are using to back this says that a fetal heartbeat can be detected around six weeks. Yeah. It's important to note that a lot of women do not know that they are pregnant until week six. Right. And And just to know like 89% of all abortions happen, you know, within that first trimester, which basically shows that window of time that women need to make the choice. Yes. Yes. So, um, these bills, though they are saying it's not an all out abortion ban, it's essentially just that. Because if you don't know that you're pregnant until about 
five to six weeks, Mm -hmm. you already fall into the fetal heartbeat category. Like, they're going to give you an ultrasound. Yeah. And there will be something what they're calling the heartbeat, which, again, um, we talked about this a little earlier, and you could pull up what they with um there was an article about how the science around that is um there there's some misinformation like it's re- like it's it's not all just oh you hear a heartbeat like you would hear when someone puts a stethoscope you know like listen to your heartbeat from a stethoscope like there there's something else there and I don't have it in front of me I've been saying that a lot in these past few episodes but um but yeah no so they're basically saying that you know like anything if something is detected then you can't get it so it is an all-out ban because that's when most women are having the procedures done is at six weeks six or seven weeks um i found out week five and by the time i did it it was week six Mm -hmm. so it's um yeah and it's Every woman that I, I know who's had one, that's that no one knew two weeks in that they were pregnant. Like I like to joke around with the I like I, I said that um I'll never forget this actually. I was I still worked at a hotel at the time and um I worked in the restaurant and I really wanted some spinach and artichoke dip, like super bad. I just really wanted some dip. <laughs> and so I'm here's me leaving work with this huge tub of spinach and artichoke dip that that I'm taking home and the front desk person said girl are you pregnant I'm like no you crazy I'm not pregnant I was I was pregnant at the time I was pregnant at the time but I don't I don't think that that was like you don't get cravings that early but some people like know some people have a feeling but you still don't know yet like you're not even thinking about that until that first missed period and that first missed period takes a month that's four weeks already and then you have to schedule an appointment yeah that's five they make you wait and then you have to like if you decide not to well there's several i can't even say if you decide not to keep the pregnancy without saying that there's several factors that go into that there's a lot of probably conversation a lot of contemplation mm-hmm. um there's time that goes into that right so I, let's 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 backtrack first and and just talk about what's happening around the country right now and then we could talk about the mental health aspect of it and just some other statistics i think that are really important yeah like how serious is this so at present Alabama, Georgia, Ohio, Kentucky, and Mississippi have um, passed legislation to deny um, abortions at the six-week mark, the fetal heartbeat mark, basically. Louisiana is currently in the process of passing such a bill. Um, It's heading to our governor's desk probably as we speak. And the word on the street is, is that he will likely sign it. Hmm. Um, he's a centrist Democrat, and I don't, I'm not a big fan of them. So, um, yeah. Anyway, um, Missouri 
has is, is, is still pending as well with similar uh, legislation. Florida is considering two laws, one for um, elimination of abortions after 20 weeks and another where they are, they too are considering a fetal heartbeat bill. Um, so is South Carolina and West Virginia. Tennessee passed um, a bill that says in the event that Roe versus Wade is overturned, they will too have a fetal heartbeat mm-hmm. bill. Um, let's see. Arkansas and Utah passed um, legislation that says that abortions can be performed after the middle of the second trimester. Minnesota is also considering a fetal heartbeat bill. And I have it here that um, Maryland attempted to pass a fetal heartbeat bill but did not succeed. Right. So um, there's a lot going on right now as far as the attack on women's reproductive rights. And it's very scary to think that there are people in positions of power who are trying their damnedest to take us back to the dark ages. Yeah. And not even considering the dangers that a company trying to abort a child um, or, you know, like abort a, a baby on your own or trying to do that by doing like, it's like, what's, what's the, what am I thinking of? Like some women... I read a tweet where they said some women would ride over train tracks or something like like ride on the back of a motorcycle to try and force a miscarriage. Oh yeah, you can um, separate the the embryo from the uterine lining by uh, with a certain amount of force. Yes, like riding a roller coaster bouncing up and down on some train tracks if that's what you want to call it um some women a number of different ways throwing themselves down the stairs it has to do with what's called g-force yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah no because there was like the throwing yourself down the stairs um like just physically harming yourself to force a miscarriage we've all heard about sticking a um hanger into your vagina to attempt a miscarriage um taking medication you don't know what it is ordering something offline and attempting to have an abortion that way if you limit safe access or if you eliminate safe access Mm -hmm. it's not going to stop abortion it's just going to start back up women trying to have an abortion in other ways yeah using these more these alternative or illegal alternative illegal possibly lethal method to the mother it is not okay so i think that it's important that we really stay on top of all of this we have to stay on top of all of this y'all because women's lives are in danger Ch- women and children because there's the case where they're talking about the 11 year old there was an 11 year old rape victim the um perpetrators 26 if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. under the current legislation in ohio under this bill a child would not be able to get an abortion yeah a child 11 who cannot raise a child 11 years old who 
the rapist is a traumatic event as it is. He would get less time in jail than the doctor who would perform the procedure. That's bananas. The the, the person who violated a child, an 11-year-old who impregnated her, would sit in jail for less than a decade. And the doctor who performed the abortion can go to jail for up to, like, 99 years. Yeah. So, I get that a lot of people believe that life begins at conception. You are entitled to that. that is, that's fine. You can believe that. But you, what you cannot do is force your beliefs onto someone else's vagina. Mind your own womb. Honestly. And this is, I'm speaking, like I say mind your own womb because it's specifically to women, but this goes for women and men. Yeah. What happens with my body, what happens between me and my partner as far as a choice of what happens with my body is concerned, is none of your concern. And I, like, I understand that people are like, some people are like subscribing to this like higher morality like people should be more responsible etc etc but i think that there's other alternative ways to go about doing that such as sex education if we're concerned about these sorts of things um that can push that issue rather than taking away women's health care choices yes um and then i think that a lot of these bills are not being responsive to what the science says they're not even being responsive to the statistics of you know like why women like receive abortions to begin with like so in terms of the science like at six weeks the embryo is forming um but what people experience as a heartbeat or the heartbeat that is being detected is actually like a group of cells that has some electrical activity yes that's what i read um but but the cardiovascular system is in no way fully developed right like i think people like to say well it has fingers it has toes it has a brain no it doesn't it's not a sentient being that can exist outside of your womb it is still a cluster of cells that is forming and i say it speaking generally and stuff like that because i'll say that i I had a that's my my child I consider my you know even though I decided to have an abortion so I, I considered him a person and so I'm not saying it and to to dehumanize but let's be real because life does grow we understand that right let's be real like this is not uh it's, people talk about what comes out of you who comes out of you as though it is like a six-month-old tot, like baby or whatever like that yeah. that's like google well, and like gaga yeah like it, it's just like no that's not what's happening and also a lot of people are misinformed about um how procedure takes place but um i don't know if we want to get into that because but i'll say generally i don't know like because there's there's two ways there's um the suction mm-hmm. which actually um takes place later um but then there's also i think you have to be at least up to seven weeks to do suck the suction method yeah but prior to that a lot of women will 
get medication. There's medical abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's medical abortion and medication abortion. Okay. So, um, some I rem- remember someone said something about it was like it was some, I, I forgot what they what exactly it was that they thought was happening, but it was like no, the fuck that does that is not what's happening. You know, it was they thought it was like that you stick some kind of something up there and it just burns it out or something, something fucking. Like I was, I said, you know why a lot of people are pro life or whatever, and like stick to their guns with all that shit, is because they are super misinformed about what's actually happening in that process. They think that it's like some evil mad doctor that just comes up to you with a, a Hoover and just like sticks it up your vagina and sucks out like baby parts that look like a baby doll or something like you know or they mm-hmm. thought it was like it was some kind of solution that the person is like yeah and they put that in your vagina and it just like i'm like no 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 mm-hmm. wrong that's not that's not what happens at all and um yeah uh so i mean so let's pause real quick and what do we want to how do we want to approach this first do we want to do we let's let's say do we want to talk about our own experiences with the mental health aspect? Yeah, I just have a... I have so many thoughts. Um, you know, I... Because on the one hand, it's like... I... The abortion that I received, which was, you know, a while, a minute ago. Um, and the circumstances surrounding it is... A, I was in college at the time. And so it was not the right time for me to have a baby at all I was not financially stable in the least bit um not only that I had not completed my higher education just yet but you know I I did termination earlier in pregnancy so during that first trimester and so you know I don't want to say that the argument that I don't want to make is that okay it's okay for the first trimester but anything else any any time after that it's not okay because that wouldn't be a correct argument either and I think that's kind of like where this thing is going with the whole fetal heartbeat bill is that you know once there actually is a heartbeat once this this uh being is able to uh sustain life outside of your body then it should you know then there shouldn't be you know any abortions and they the way that they're qualifying this is by the weeks not necessarily by the situation or even the status of the fetus right and so that's problematic um especially because women oftentimes are receiving abortions due to uh possibly um grave implications for their health or the child or the child and a lot of times women um, are carrying, you know, stillborn children, mm-hmm. and don't, or should not be forced to carry a stillborn a stillborn child to term. Right. So these are situations that are very important. So I don't want to say, you know, that if it's not the first trimester, then you know, whatever. But like for me, it did happen in the first trimester. I did mm-hmm. terminate then, and the reason that I terminated was because um, it, it wasn't my first inclination, but. I was with, I, I had a boyfriend at the time, you know, we had been together for some time, um, may, not even, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say a year, um, but we were together since I had, like, come into college, and, you know, I, I thought that he loved me, I loved him, I felt like I loved him, 
Um, I thought that he was a really good person. And like when he found out that I was pregnant, not only that, like we weren't trying to get pregnant. I didn't know that he had ejaculated in me. Um, with him, I was used to, you know, using the pullout method or using condoms. And I didn't know that he ejaculated me in, in me. So for when I became pregnant, it was a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but his response to it was one of like, like as if he was totally not responsible for the situation mm-hmm. and, and as if it was all my fault. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he came across really angry. He came across really heartless. He was really cold towards me. After that, he literally showed me, like, zero affection um, in terms of, like, going to the doctor and really figuring out what's happening. He didn't want to do that with me. Um, the only thing that he was really willing to do with me when I decided to do it was to take me to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. So, with my understanding of who he was, now that I really understood him, mind you, this is, like, my, you know... Well, let me just say that me understanding who he was at that time and really seeing him for who he was, I did not want to have a child with him. Right. Um, I didn't think that he would be a good caregiver. I didn't want somebody who could be cold hearted like that to be the father of my child. And not only that, I didn't think that with how he treated me, I didn't think that I was going to have him in my child's life. And that's one thing that I did not want to do. I didn't want to have a fatherless child. Right. Um, you know, I have a father. I I love my father. We have a great relationship at this point. But for the most part of my childhood, I grew up without a father. And I know what that's like for me as a female. But I also know what that's like for a male, too, because I have a brother. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that I wanted for my child. So for me, having a child was, was not the best decision at that time. Right. And I think that that's really important, too. Like, when we're talking about these bills and we're talking about what women can and cannot do, these aren't just black and white situations. There's They're very nuanced. Very complex. Very complex. Everyone has their own unique story as to why they made that choice. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people think that it's just like a very casual fly by night. Oh, I don't want this baby, so I'm gonna go and just terminate the pregnancy. And you I haven't, just go yeah, shoot like this baby out. You know, like, I haven't met a soul, not one woman that I know, ever told me that it was just that easy. Like I'll to this day, this I cried this morning <laughs> about this. I cried this morning. I cry. When I see toddlers, I cry when I think about how hard it is on this dating scene and if I'll ever have the opportunity to get again to be a mother. Yeah. I don't, again, I'm not ashamed nor do I regret my decision, but I didn't make a lot, I didn't take it lightly. I didn't either. I didn't, like I don't that, know anyone a, who did. It seriously was a very traumatizing experience because like I said it was not my and I can't this is not speaking for all women it just Mm -hmm. was not my inclination to terminate it just wasn't and mine either I think that the what what's also important too is that a lot of women don't know what they'll do until they're in that position exactly and prior to that I never thought that I would get an abortion I never even considered it and I wasn't necessarily pro-life 
But I was like, no, that's just not for me. But then the circumstances under which I, you know, became pregnant, I, I, and I'm not going into, I'm not going to go into too much detail because the shred of respect that I still maintain for my ex, I'm going to keep that. So I'm not going into a lot of what happened and why, but if you knew the story behind it, if you knew why I felt that I had to make that decision, then it, you wouldn't be so hard on me. And that's not, I'm not trying to imply anything about him or myself. I'm just saying that there are stories behind what these experiences. And if a lot of people would just shut up for just one second and listen to those stories and bring the humanity back to the women who've gone through this and the humanity of the women who are going through it as we speak the humanity of the women who will eventually have to make that choice if you know if you knew what we went through our experiences if you if you had an inkling of what this is like you wouldn't be so rude and cruel and evil about this and the same kids the kids that people are mistreating now like your school systems aren't paying like your school system is saying well if you don't have the money to pay for lunch you can't have a hot lunch or like we don't care enough about our kids to have legislation in place to protect them from automatic rifles and semi-automatic rifles we um have children in flint who are still still dealing with unclean water and lead poisoning people aren't pro-life a lot of them are just pro cute baby and it stops once that baby or, is born or, it don't care anymore yeah or besides pro cute baby they're pro conservative yeah they're you know that what they believe is just it and it it does not pay any respect to individuality and what happened to separation of church and state right because this is definitely you are infringing on my rights because of your religious beliefs and i'm a christian i've this is what this is turning into i'm a christian woman and i understand where a lot of y'all are coming from but what you won't do is come between what me and god have already settled and for many women going forward like this is not between you and me and your beliefs and all this this is a very personal decision and the only other person who may have a say in this is the other person who helped create the child other than that don't have nothing to do with you so you shouldn't have a say in what's happening with my body and my child and my baby and other women and who make that choice or who may have to make that choice you don't get to have a say right so some stats around abortion is important because well, one, a lot of people one, don't know. One, it took me, um, it took that experience for me to be more cautious about who I was dealing with, number one, um, to really understand that not everybody is uh, altruistic, not everybody is, is, is golden hearted, um, not everybody is sweet, a lot of people put on faces, and to really know who I was dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, um, because I just didn't, I knew at that point, like, I wasn't doing that again. Like, that wasn't for me to do again. So, you know, 56% um, of all abortions 
um, it w- these women only have had one. Yeah. So 50, 56%. So for a lot of women, this is it's like a, a situation that, that may just have been a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then women with um, one or two prior abortions accounted for 35%. Okay. And then women with three or more account for 8%. Very small. Yeah. Very small. So once you get up in numbers, it's women don't have multiple abortions like people would lead people to believe. Mm-hmm. People who think that women are just... And, and the crazy thing is, is the conversation is surrounding women and men are literally out of the fucking picture. And also... Which is another annoying ass fact. And it's something too that is also... It was brought to my attention by Soror. Shout out to... Um, Sherelle, she's she's incredible. But also, this isn't exclusive just to cis hetero women as well. You know, mm-hmm. like our non-binary, non-gender binary folks, our um, trans men brethren who still carry the equipment to become pregnant. Like this is a larger conversation about anybody who can conceive. You're taking away the rights and liberties of anyone who can choose or choose not to have a child. So, yeah, and I just want to throw that in there as well because that's it's important to consider that is, you know, there's a lot of vaginas out here and they're not all attached to cis hetero women. Right. And um we we have to be mindful of that as we proceed in our conversations. Not only that, it's it's like that is not a part of the conversation either, right? right? And neither are men. Yeah, no, and um, I think that too. Like that, that's what I mentioned. I was mentioning before is that if this is a conversation um, that has to be had, if it's not just solo dolo you, the only other man in the room who gets to be a part of the conversation is the man who helped make the child. Exactly. And and that that's between you and him. And um, like to think that some old white man in my senate and my congress is saying trying to make a decision for what was strictly between me and a, and my partner at the time it's, it's, it just blows my mind Yeah, it just blows my mind and so I further a further statistic that's going to blow your mind is this Yeah, in 2015 41% of women who obtained abortions had no prior live births and 45% had one or two prior live births and 14% had three or more I will never forget when I was in the clinic. I was in the waiting room. And um, there was a lot of people sharing stories. Mm-hmm. There were like a teenager or two in there. But there were a lot of moms. There were a lot of people who were already moms. Yeah. And they had a lot of reasons as to why they really couldn't do Really pro-life there. Yeah. They were like, I, I can't do a third child. We can't afford it. We can't do this right now. We're about to pack up and move across the country. Like one chick could just recently gotten a job and it just it wouldn't work it couldn't work like it just it was it was a lot of stories stories that you don't hear um a lot about yeah stories that you don't like you think everybody's up in the clinic or whatever like that kickback you know head and rollers and stuff like that just very cavalier about the situation and or just or be just young, young, free. You know, I'm just not gonna have right. this baby now. I'm and popping no, my puss on anybody, and, and no. even if you are, 
that's still nobody else's business but yours right that is your body it does not matter what i think what this person over there thinks you put your puss where you want to put it that ain't my business what happens with it ain't my business at all but I honestly, me personally, I think it's more responsible to recognize that you're not equipped to have a child, whether financially uh, or mentally or maturity wise, mm-hmm. than to have a bring a child into this world and not be able, able to give them at least the minimum of right. what they need. And so, like, reasons women get, you know, abortions is um, 25% are like not ready for children. 23% can't afford the child. Um, 90% are done having children. 8% don't want to be a single mother. They state that as a reason, mm-hmm. which, you know, of course has financial determinants. 7% feel like they're not mature enough to raise a child that mm-hmm. has, you know, in terms of the well being of your child, that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, 4% feel like it would interfere with their education or career. In part, that was me. Like, I would not be, have been able to finish college where I was. I probably would have finished college eventually. But mm-hmm. 4% is due to physical health problems, 3% fetal health problems, and um, at least 0.5% are victims of rape. And we know that, you know, rape victims don't always come forward with what's happening what's happened to them the the thing about the alabama law too is that they were trying to make an amendment as far as you know there being an exception if a woman got pregnant by way of rape or incest Mm -hmm. and it didn't pass you hear me it did like it was it's literally it does not matter how you got pregnant if you're pregnant you can't get out of it imagine the difficulty attaching to a baby that you know is attached to a motherfucker that you hate Mm. okay yeah like rape is such in terms of ptsd the highest rates of ptsd are associated with rape as the traumatic event that caused it Mm. now imagine then birthing a child related to the ptsd that you're experiencing but it's not even just with the birth that's that's nine months of gestation nine months of a reminder that will continue a, to grow yes a reminder a reminder of what happened to you and and then you want to love that baby after that maybe you might but i just can't imagine that attaching to a baby and babies need the attachment of their mothers or some caregiver to be able to develop into a, a social being right and um yeah no i i um what was i thinking it slipped my mind that fast but um yeah again no matter what happens it should be your right to go forward or not go forward and and it's 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 really tragic that cases such as the one i mentioned about in ohio where the girl is 11 years old mm-hmm. um could you imagine being 11 and carrying a child to and carrying term. a child how like i remember there i don't know if this was um i'm trying to think if this was a more recent case or if this is another case because i remember watching a news story on a case where the family opted to just keep let she's gonna she's gonna keep it 
Mm-hmm. And that wasn't her decision, really. Because how can you make a decision about keeping a child at 11, 12 years old? You don't even know what the hell is happening to you. don't know the ramifications you. of that. Puberty just hit you. You just got your period. You probably didn't even know about fertility mm-hmm. and how pregnancy and, you know, conceiving works and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it was snatched from you. Right. Like, we, I know a lot of people are really just disengaged and disinterested in our process of, like, our democratic process. Um, But it's still so important to vote. I told this one girl who was having like, well, it's so evil. It's such and such and blah, blah, blah. And I was explaining something and I wasn't telling her my personal story. But I was just saying that think about like how you're infringing on my on my rights, on other women's rights when you go to the poll. Think about that because yeah. these are the officials that people elected. You know, like these the who you put in office can have a lot of say over what you can and cannot do and you have to be really careful about who you select to be in these positions and fight like hell to get people out of here who would make decisions like these like all my pro-choice people and all my pro-life but do whatever you want people mm-hmm. everybody all hands on fucking deck because these people don't need to be anywhere near any public office ever again. Once their time is up, get get them the fuck out of here. Because they're trying to take us back to the fucking dark ages. And we're not even talking about the intersections of the kind of ramifications, you know, this can have on women of color. Like, you know, black women have the additional experience, like, unique experiences of what brings them into a clinic and what kind of things happen after like you know like their experiences and whatnot it's so much that i don't think that we could even really go in and do it justice of all of the different ways in which like reproductive rights affects people across the board and how important it is is to protect those rights you know mm-hmm. like it's it's incredibly important that we keep up with what's going on we look into what kind of officials we are electing who can make these kinds of decisions and also being keeping in mind too that even with these bills being signed some of them passed they haven't taken effect yet so please let whoever you know if you know a woman who's like facing this decision right now let her know that she can still keep her appointment like it hasn't it these these won't go into effect until around maybe like 2020 or so and that's if they even go into effect because they're about to you know like i think i mentioned this earlier the legal battle that is going to follow is going to have this tied up in court for possibly years mm-hmm. you know like this is not going to be something where it's just a one and done situation our voices are not silenced because the majority, the Republicans, the conservatives got to have, you know, their little kiki and say, oh, well, we're going to snatch this up. No, ma'am, it's not over. It is not over, not even by a long shot. And I'm, I'm not I'm not done fighting. I'm not done fighting. I'm not done. So. This uh, is too much. Yeah. 
I'm, I, I, and I say it again, you know, like as, as a woman who's had gone through this experience, it was not a decision that was made lightly. And um, whatever way I can support women who are going through this, I want to be able to be there for them. But also I want to share some um, information about national hotlines mm-hmm. that offer support as well as possibly funding because um, abortions are expensive. Yeah, they are. It was about five hundred something dollars. Yeah, I think. between three fifty and five. Yeah, so they're extremely expensive, and um, so there's the national the National Abortion Federation. Um, their number is one eight hundred seven seven two nine one zero zero. There's the option line where you can text help line all caps one word to three one three. 131 or you can call 1-800-712-HELP H-E-L-P and there's also the um, New Orleans Abortion Fund mm-hmm. 504-363-1112 if you need help paying for the procedure um, they can guide you with that process and they also have a phone number there if you are a spanish speaking woman or or male um if if you need someone um who speaks spanish they have another number on their line so google new orleans abortion fund and and you'll find those resources there but um i know we kind of touched on it but let's i think we can go a little bit further too and just talking about mental health issues there Last week, I talked about, uh, I mentioned um, having thought about, like, ending my own life before. And, um, yeah, it wasn't, like, this wasn't my one where I had a plan. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the car. I need to get out of the house. I'm, I'm re- feeling really distressed. And I just thought, like, well, what if I just drive into traffic? What if I, we can both go together. He doesn't. He doesn't have to go without me. We can just both go together. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted. I wanted to like the thought of the thought of giving up my child, giving him back to God, made me want to just go back to God with him. Like it was hard. I cried a lot. I was very very down. Um. But then I prayed and I made peace. I named my child. I wrote him a letter that I still keep very close to me. And, um, you know, like I had to continue to make peace with that for these past few years. Mm. For these past few years. It has not, it wasn't one and done to this day. Like if anyone who who knows me or, you know, has been to my house, you know that I, I still have the ultrasound and it's taped next to the light switch in my room. And I tell them, I tell him good morning, I tell him good night, talk to him. I acknowledge his birthday, which would have been in September. And like not there's not a second that goes by that that, you know, and I say my baby, there's not a second that goes by that my baby is not with me. But I know based on the circumstances then who I was with, the choices that were being made. That wasn't going to be right for my kid. And I, and I know now, now knowing what I know now, kind of like how you talked about, you know, using discernment about who you would want to have a child with and mm-hmm. whatnot. 
I think now knowing what I know now, it just reaffirms my decision. And knowing what was like That's crazy, what was um, the road down? Like there were things that happened after that. I said I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen, and that and that was a part of the decision. You know, like when when it came down to it, and as hard as that was, I was like, I know I'm doing what's right for my. And I fig- I don't know why, but I figured it would be a boy. But mm-hmm. I was like, I know I'm doing what's right for my son. Yeah. And um, I know there are people who have just tossed that casually back in my face. And I saw red. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I'd been that angry in a very, very, very long time. And I never want to be that angry again because it doesn't lead, it won't lead me anywhere positive. But just kind of going back specifically to mental health, it's been a very, um, it's been a lot of effort that went into healing. Yeah. And, And um, I think especially with the passing of this bill, it, it, it really, it's triggering. It is, it's triggering because it's, it's scary to me because a lot of people who have make those kinds of decisions, decisions to possibly end their lives decisions to do something you know really harmful to their bodies to try to end to end the pregnancy often comes out of a sense of desperation and not really feeling like there's other options mm-hmm. feeling backed into a corner and I think that's what this bill is gonna do like with with women not having an option and really not feeling supported about their decision, they're going to feel really backed into a corner and may go to drastic measures, which, you know, just may result in a lot of fatalities. And my hope is that, um, you know, mental health providers do step up, especially for, you know, women who are trying to make this, this decision that is obviously publicly not supported, um, just so that they can feel like the decision that they're making is right for them and that's okay Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing that mental health providers can do right just continue to be supportive and if you um, know somebody who is um, again struggling with this decision just, just be there be there for them and Again, be an advocate for reproductive rights. Every every state, at least to, like to my knowledge, everywhere you like, wherever you are, there is somebody doing the work to protect reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. Link up with them. If you like, if you feel moved to just donate, do that. If there's some kind of protest, do that. If you want to um, just call and inform people about like the truths behind abortion and like fight against these grave misconceptions about like how people still think that Planned Parenthood sells baby parts and all that you know just do that and just be be there for people be there for people like I think the thing that almost broke me was when I was called a murderer and I didn't know what like I, I think yeah and I don't think I know like I 
to if you it, like to this day that still affects me and that that is probably the most soul crushing thing of all my experiences that was, that was definitely one of the most soul crushing things that anyone has ever told me in my life so if you could just be there and be supportive of people yeah. and and look after your your sisters brothers non-binary anybody who's going through this i think that that's that's probably one of the most important roles you can play in this particular situation but we're going to wrap it up here because we took up our entire time to talk about this topic. Which is great. And it was a very vulnerable space to be in. Um, I hope I don't regret this. <laughs> um, and You know uh, what? When you've done things, you just move on. Yeah. All right? All right. Well, y'all, we Josin. We Josin, y'all. Later. <laughs>